Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. It is good to see you this evening. Um, tonight we're going to continue on our, our series of Reboot. And uh, if by chance you did not get a, um, a paper or the notes for this evening, just wave your hands. We'll make sure one of our ushers comes out and, and gets you one. Uh, we got some over here. Anyone else not get uh, the notes over here on this side as well? Um, so if we can... Way over here. Right. Okay, they got, I think they got you there. Okay. Did you guys get them already? Good. All right. Amen. Everyone say reboot. I think it's vital that we, we learn to reboot in life. Um, the word itself, reboot, means to restart, such as a computer, by loading an operating system or booting again. And uh, like any computer or any electronic device, there are times where things don't always work the way that they were created to work and viruses get in the way. Other things end up beginning to get in the way of the operating system of the way something was designed. And it's vital that we learn to reboot because rebooting is not just an electronics thing. Other things in our lives need to be rebooted. If you have a marriage, there's times that the marriage needs to be rebooted. If you have a, your, your physical body, there's times where you get sick because the fact that your body needs to reboot. It needs to start over and your body gets sick to tell you, hey, slow down. You need to take care of me. There, your finances, there's times that we have to reboot in our finances and start taking care of things the way they're supposed to. And rebooting is necessary when these three things happen happen okay rebooting is necessary when number one it's necessary to reboot when it no longer functions as it's designed and if you've ever had any kind of electronic device you've had times where it just doesn't work it uh, freezes up and or, or things aren't doing what it was created to do and if you spend the amount of money like I have on my iPad on my computer or different things my phone and you're 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 pressing a button and it's not working nothing's more frustrating but I need you to understand no matter how hard you press on the screen it's not going to work you have to reboot And we all go through those seasons in life that when something doesn't work, whether it's our marriage, our finances, our spiritual walk or whatever, it doesn't matter how hard you hit it, how how hard you begin to press on it until you reboot it. It's just not going to work. And this is the same here in the in the word that or or as we take a look at this, that in order for an update to take place or a, a, a upgrade to take effect whenever, especially with Apple on my computer, They always have these updates, and when I update it, in order for that update to be valid, I have to reboot the computer so that operating system can be reloaded up there as well. And so rebooting is vital, and we we saw earlier all the different areas, relationships, health, career, uh, finances, education, 
families, marriages, church, uh, spiritual life, our educational, emotional life. We all go through rebooting at one time or another. It's vital. It's important that you go through rebooting. Jesus called rebooting. What did we go through last week? We talked about what last week? Repentance. That Jesus called rebooting repentance. Now today, we're going to talk about what the Apostle Paul called rebooting. The Apostle Paul called rebooting renewing. Jesus called it repentance. The Apostle Paul referred to it as renewing. Everyone say renewing. It's vital. I want you to look at Romans chapter 12 starting in verse 2. It's there in your notes. It says this. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. Everyone say conformed. But be transformed. Everyone say transformed. By the renewing. Everyone say renewing. Of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing and perfect will. I need you to grab a hold of the scripture here because this is vital and this is important. That in many times in our lives and many times in what we're doing, we have a hard time finding the will of God in our lives because our minds are not transformed into the mind of Christ. So it's hard to know what God wants us to do when our minds aren't thinking like Christ. There's two different worlds that are pushing on our development. And so what Paul's telling us is do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. In other words, there's other thinking out there. There's other ways of of making things happen or thinking or processing things. And Paul's telling us this is that if you process things the way things the way the world does, that you will end up with the worldly End, end in sight. You'll end up as the world. But that was never God's idea for our lives. And so when we take a look at mankind, I want you to see that mankind was created in the image of God. And man was created in the image of God. Excuse me. Mankind was created. You're, you're a baby, huh? <laughs> created in the image of God, a triune God, which tells me this, okay? We were created in body, soul, and spirit. We have three parts the same way that God has three parts. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We also have a body, we have a soul, and we have a a, a spirit. And so I want you to take a look. The body, our bodies, when we accept Christ, when we receive Christ, our bodies have to be restored. Everyone say restored. Because our bodies have been broken down. Our bodies need the restoration of Christ to step in. And our bodies are what, listen, without your body, your body is what helps you connect with the physical world. All right? You you need a body, right? Come on, somebody. You, You need a body because the body is what helps us live. Second thing I want you to see is this, is that we have a spirit. And that spirit has to be redeemed. It is vital that our spirit become redeemed. Now, when, when you don't know Christ, your spirit, man, is in essence dead. The moment you receive Christ, the spirit comes alive. That's why there's many individuals that they make great money. They have great lives. They have a beautiful house, drive great cars. They're, 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 everything seems great, yet they still feel empty because they're only living at two, two thirds of their capacity. There's one part of their life that is dead. And that's their spiritual life. And that's why it's so important, so valid that we take time to develop our spiritual man the same way we go to the gym to take care of our physical man. Amen. And so the spiritual man, we got to recognize, has to be redeemed. And once he's redeemed, that helps us connect with the spiritual realm. 
Now, the third part of us is what we call the soul. And that has to be renewed. The, the soul right here, I need you to recognize that that's what stores data. This is where, where we where This is the, the central part. This would be, in essence, the hard drive of a computer. Your, your soul's your hard drive. It's where it's where it connects you to how to make decisions, your emotions. And we're going to take you a bit deeper on this as well. I want you want you to see what Paul tells us here. Paul warns us. He says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Okay, everyone say renewing. So what Paul's talking about here is process. Everyone say process. Because this is what gets us frustrated. I accept Christ. Here I am. What we are in essence is we are a body that has a spirit. Or we are, let me rephrase that. We are a spirit that lives in a body that has a mind or a soul. Okay? We are spirit first, body second, but the soul is always active as well. Okay? Your body can die, but your soul will continue. Your spirit will continue. The, the, the body is the only thing that's gonna, that one day is going to give up. But you were created to be an eternal being. And yet we spend more time on this than we spend on this and on this. We spend more time trying to take care of this. And there's nothing. That's why Paul, Paul also said that physical exercise profits little. He doesn't say it doesn't profit at all. We should take care of our bodies. But when we neglect our, our soul and we neglect our spirit, there's a problem. And you got to recognize that you are made in three parts, not just one. And so he tells us about this process. And I want you to first take a look at conformed. Everyone meant to say conformed. This word conformed, I want you to take a a look at this. This, The the Greek word here for conform means to conform to another pattern. And I think the best way to describe conformity, uh, I'll show you in a second, is... um, that word conformity is where what Adam, what Eve and Adam did in the garden. They conformed to the thoughts or the environment around them rather than affecting the environment around them. So when Satan came in and began to talk to Eve, he attempted to get Eve to agree with him and get Eve to conform to his thought process. I need you to grab a hold of this because this is so important. Our minds become conformed and then end up deformed when we begin to take on what Satan thinks. And when we begin to take on what the world thinks, when we begin to take on the world's ideas, this world, this word here is a verb that literally means to be molded or to take the shape of your surroundings. What's a trip is this, is that the world has its own operating system that is in direct conflict with God's operating system. The world has a way of operating that is totally contrary to the word of God. And J.P. Phillips put it this way. He said, don't let the world around you squeeze you into its own mold. Water will take whatever form that you pour it into. Large, small, 
It doesn't matter. Whatever form the container is, water will take that form. In fact, when Jacob is blessing his sons at the end of his life, he looks at his son Reuben and says, Reuben, you are as unstable as water. You just conform to whatever you're poured into. And many of us in here, we just take the shape of whatever environment we end up in. And what Paul's telling us is this. Stop taking the shape of the world around you and start affecting the world around you. Somebody say amen. Amen. And many times as Christians, that's what's going on with the world. Is the world looks at the church and doesn't see any difference between us and them. Because we just take on whatever the environment tells us to be. And Paul's telling us, don't conform to the world system. Listen, the world systems will always pressure us to conform to its ways. Which which brings me to a question. If the word of God doesn't change, then why do our opinions and viewpoints change? We allow culture to determine what is right or wrong. We've allowed popular opinion and voting to determine what is right or wrong. The word of God is clear on certain issues. And one of the struggles that we we face is this. Whether we're talking homosexuality, whether we're talking addiction, whether we're talking premarital sex, whether we're talking uh, anger or whatever, we usually develop outlooks on things based on this, not on the word, but based on well, I know some people that might have this lifestyle, might do these things, and they're good people. And so if they're good people, then it should be okay, right? And so, listen closely. So we end up changing the word to match social issues Then did look at the word of God and take that as our authority. Listen, as a preacher, I don't have a right to change the word to fit society. I don't have a right to stand to you and preach you a word that conflicts with the ideas of God. I don't have that right. I can't stand here and give you another viewpoint because it's not my viewpoint I preach. We have to go back to the word and use the word as a sounding block, as a launching pad, as a foundation for us. That's why our operating systems are messed up. We treat people with hate. We treat people with disgust because our operating systems are messed up. And so we need to get rebooted. The word transformed, everyone say transformed, Transformed. means to change into another form, to transform or to transfigure. It's the same word that's used to describe a caterpillar becoming a butterfly. it's It's a metamorphosis that takes place. Beautiful transformation. Now, if you're in that period, if you're the if you are that caterpillar in that cocoon state. You think you're dead. You're in a dark place, all alone. You can't move. You're cramped. And what you think is a tomb is really going to become your launching pad. And if you are in that metamorphosis state right now, if you're in that transformation state, don't give up because you are about to bloom. You're about to break out. You're about to come out. Okay. 
And, and what's a trip is what the, the word that Paul uses here is only used two times in the New Testament. It's used here when he says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Everyone say transformed. And it's used of Christ on the Mount of Transfiguration. When Jesus stood there and the, the, the glory of God didn't shine on Jesus and Jesus reflected, the glory of God shone through Jesus. And that's what God wants for you and I. God wants us to tread. He wants the glory of God not just to be reflected. He wants the God in you to transform the world around you. He wants you to shine. You should walk into work and boom. You should walk into school. Boom. You should let the glory of God just shine wherever you go. And it's time that we begin to shine once again. Christians are sometimes most, some of the most depressed people. Walk into work, there's people like, oh, great, here comes that Christian again. <laughs> you were created to shine, transform. And that's what got transformation starts with your thinking, your mind. And transformation is only possible through a renewed mind. You can't transform, you can't will yourself to transformation. You've tried it through dieting, Right? Stay away from that chocolate cake. Stay away from that chocolate cake. Stay away from that chocolate cake. Do not eat the... And you will never break free when you're operating from the negative. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this. And next thing you know, you wake up with chocolate cake all over your face. You're passed out. Gallon of milk is gone. And you're just like, I can't believe I ate the whole thing. Because you're chocolate wasted now. Because the reality is, is that whatever you focus in on becomes your obsession. In other words, we have to reboot. Proverbs 23, verse 7 says this, For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Uh, What's it say? As a man thinketh in his heart. So, not from your head. Thinking comes from your heart. That's a revelation right there for some of you. Some of you are taking so much time. You're, you're, trying to, you're trying to think about who you are, not recognizing that who you are comes from your heart, not from your head. Now, what, what's a trip is that word to think. Everyone say think. It literally means to calculate or to estimate. It's a, it's a, it's a term that's used in accounting. It's a, it's a Greek word that refers to accounting when, in banking. And so you have, you have the risk. It's a financial term that refers to you taking time to estimate, to, to calculate what you're worth, who you are. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how valuable you are. It doesn't matter what Christ did for your life. It doesn't matter how, much, how many people love you. If you have a bad estimation in your mind as to who you are, you'll always end up with that jerk. You'll always sell yourself short with that individual you'll always let people take advantage of you because until you understand your value or your estimation you'll continue to sell yourself short because it doesn't matter what your value is if you don't recognize it you're valuable you got to recognize your value that certain things don't belong in your life because you're valuable so everyone say renewing and take a look at this word renewing. I want you to see the Greek word here 
refers to a renewal, renovation, or complete change for the better, or resetting to factory presets. So one of the things I've had to do with my phone every so often, when things have gone wrong, I've had to reboot it. I've had to, uh, you know, delete everything and start over again. And it'll take it back to the original settings. Now, that means everything's wiped out. I got to load up all over again the apps. I got I to, if I didn't back it up, I got to load up all my contents, all my contacts, all my photos, all that other stuff. But what it does is it takes it back to the original purpose that it was created for. And so now it's up to me to what I download on it. And when you accept Christ, all of a sudden you are a new creation. And now whatever you download on yourself is up to you. And you have a hard drive that sometimes keeps taking you back. You see, to this day, you know, there there are certain things that I hear, certain songs that I hear that will take me back to a certain season that the hard drive still remembers. Just because I'm saved, that's one of the reasons why I stay away from certain types of music, because it'll take me to certain times. It'll take me to certain places that I don't need to be going to. It'll take me to a time I wasn't married. It'll take me to a time with, with oh, so and so and so. And before you know it, you're not just listening to a song. You're reliving an experience. That's why it's very important that you watch out what you allow into your mind because everything becomes a program that's being downloaded. The mind is a powerful thing and God uses our mind as a tool. Somebody say tool. As the to, to bring transformation. God wants to transform your life, but God understands it happens through thinking. And that's why he says, when Jesus comes and says, hey, repent, change your mind, change your thinking. See, renewing, I need you to grab a hold of this, is not a one-time event. And some of us, well, I accepted Christ when I was 12, so I'm good. Renewing's a daily thing. I got to renew my mind on a daily basis. Listen, if you watch TV or news for any amount of time, there's going to be something that you're going to see, something you're going to hear that's going to affect your mind. It's going to cause fear. It's going to cause doubt. It's going to bring up some insecurities. It might even bring up some old, old thoughts. And so you got to reboot. You got to renew. You got to take time. So I have to renew my mind daily. I got to make sure what I'm bringing into my mind because renewing is an active, continuous work. You don't just renew one time and you're done. You got to renew on a daily basis and that's the problem is that many of us here today we come in one service we come to the altar get a tear in the corner of our eye go back home think that we're fine and we never take time to delete the old files from our heart from our mind or from our spirit and we got all these viruses running around and just because you came to Christ one time doesn't mean that you do not have to be renewed we got to renew ourselves folks Renewing, how do we renew ourselves? We renew ourselves by the word of God through prayer and through right choices. See, the word is what gives me what to think. It's my source. Prayer gives me relationship, communication with God, the manufacturer. But then right choices puts into action the thoughts of God. And this is where we're missing it. Because many of us know the word of God, many of us have a relationship with God, but we're not putting into practice what God wants us to do. All you have is a theory, not a relationship. 
See, and it's possible no matter how deformed our minds have become to have our minds transformed back into its original condition. No matter how bad your mind, you might be thinking right now, I'm jacked up. I, I, you know what, Pastor? I can't, even, I can't even see a woman without thinking X, Y, Z. Man, I can't even walk into a uh, drive down the street without thinking about that drug. I can't even go to see my family without getting angry and want to cuss them out. No matter how bad your mind is, your mind can still be renewed. You're never too far gone. Let, let me say that again. You are never too far gone. God can renew, God can restore your mind. And our mind, I want to talk about your mind a little bit. He says, renew your mind. He doesn't say renew your heart. He doesn't say renew your body, renew your spirit. Yet, if I was the one that was doing this, I'd probably tell you, hey, let's renew our spirit. If our spirits are good, if we know how to pray, if we know how to worship, everything's going to be great. But, but, but the Apostle Paul understands that it, we need more than that. That sometimes it's not the spirit that needs it. It's not our body that needs it. But it's our minds that need a transformation. It's our minds that need to be renewed. And so he tells us that he focuses in on renewing our mind. Everyone say mind. Your mind is vital and your mind is your place of reasoning. This is where your thinking comes from. This is where your emotions and your remembering comes from. And that's what our remembering is what gets in the way of our transformation. Because we remember our past. We remember our failures. And it's hard to get over our remembering in order to break through to new levels. And so this is a place where we get our various emotions from. This is where you cry, where you get happy. It's all from your mind. This is where it makes the decision. And in your mind is where you exercise your will. Everyone say will. will. This is where you make your choices. You don't make your choices in your spirit. You don't even make your choices in your body. You make your choices from your mind. Now, Romans chapter 1, verse 28, take take a look at this. He says this, Furthermore, just as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, so God gave them over to a deprived mind so that they would do what ought not to be done. In other words, this, another version says this, God gave them up to a reprobate mind. Have you ever noticed how people can do some heinous things in this world and not feel any sorrow or conviction about it? How do you molest a child? Recently, some of the things that have gone on, even these, these individuals on social media that were, that were abusing this, this uh this um, uh, mentally ill child, and, and they're, they're, they're beating him, they're torturing him. How does someone do something? Normal people look at that and we're like, how could you do that? I, I could never see myself. The Bible says that God, when people get to the point where they reject the knowledge of God, God says, fine, I'm just going to hand you over to reprobate mind. Your, your conscience, it goes on, that your conscience has been seared with a hot iron. You don't even feel anymore. You have no conviction any longer. Those are individuals that have gotten so far away from God. I'm not saying they're beyond salvation. I'm just saying that God has seared their their conscience and they just go on doing what they want to do, how they want to do. And that process happens like this. Take a look at this. I'm going to take you through a little. You can just hit one time and it'll walk it through. Everyone say spirit. Spirit. We're a spirit that lives in a body that has a soul. Okay. The spiritual is where we get our spiritual senses from the spiritual world. Because spiritual's first, all right? 
Then we have a physical realm, physical world that gives us the data that we need into our physical body. All right. And those things come from seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, smelling. Same thing in the physical, seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, and smelling. We get that information and that is passed into our body and our spirit, into our soul, which comes to our mind, our will, and our emotions in order to make decisions. Okay? Let, let, me, let me explain this to you a bit more because it ran through real fast. Every one of us has a spirit, Right? That comes alive when we accept Christ. Most of us operate most of our lives right here. Physical world, physical data, necessary to make decisions. We use our seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, smelling, and or that information comes through our body, through our mind, through our hands, through it comes in our body, and we make choices based on this data that we see. Oh, he's handsome. Oh, that the house is nice. You know what? The car is nice. I think we can afford it. And we make choices based on what we're receiving in the natural realm. Okay? And this is how we make our choices all through here. That information comes into our soul. And from our soul, we make a decision from our mind, our will, and our emotions. We make a decision based on the information, the physical data, in order to make those decisions. When you accept Christ, your spirit man comes alive. And likewise, you instead of getting your information from the world, you're getting it from the word. The word of God now becomes my source. And the same way you have five senses in your physical man, you have five senses in your spiritual man as well. And those senses have to be developed. And in those senses, you get all this information, your your spiritual senses, those things come in through your spirit into your soul as well, which tells me this. If you do not, if you have not developed your spiritual senses Most of your decisions are going to be based on what? So whenever you find yourself, all your choices end up getting messed up and you're totally making mistakes and you're wondering, why do I keep making bad decisions? It's because you continue to make decisions based on the physical world, not based on the word of God. And every time you make a choice, you make choices based on the world. What I can see, what I can touch, what I can smell, what I can taste. We are not making choices based on the word of God coming into our spirit. And if your spiritual man is dead and you are not allowing the word to come in, as a result, you end up making decisions that are unspiritual. But listen, we don't neglect the physical realm. Physical realm is real. It's real, but it's predicated off of the spiritual realm first. The Bible says the spiritual realm comes first and then the physical. Spiritual existed first. And so it's important that you begin to develop these senses. That's why coming and hearing the word of God, developing the word in your life is so vital. Are you still with me? I know that was a lot right there. But I want you to see something here. When we talk about the mind, everyone say mind again. I want you to take a look at this. This word mind means intellect, the will, emotions, and the mind is where most of our battles take place. Do you understand that most of the battles that we're going to face in life are going to be in your mind? Even for some of you sitting right now in church, being here right now on a Wednesday night is a battle in your mind. Before you even got here, it was a battle. Man, I just don't want to go to church tonight. 
It is windy. It is rainy. I just want to go home, jump in the blankets. I just want to lay down. I just want to relax, get a, turn the fire on, watch a, watch a movie. You, you're, you're battling right now because of the senses physically and the senses spiritually. And you're battling trying to make a decision as to what to do. And when we continue to allow the world to make the decisions for us, we continue to make carnal decisions. You ever have that friend that's always making the bad choices? And they never, they, they want to get better, but they never get better. And the reason is, is because they've never changed their source of information. They're only making decisions based on what they know. And so the mind is where most of our battles are going to take place. And listen, we lose, if you lose the battle in your mind, you lose the battle in your mind before you lose the battle in the physical realm. You lose the battle in your mind before you take that drink. You, take, you lose the battle in your mind before you take that hit. You lose the battle in your mind before you sleep with that individual. You lose the battle in your mind before you end up slipping and, and, and getting angry and yelling and screaming and losing your composure. Because it's in our mind that it starts. And if you lose the battle in your mind, you're going to lose the battle in the physical realm as well. It starts in the spirit. No, notice this. Satan tries to gain a stronghold in our lives through suggestion. Everyone say suggestion. suggestion. In other words, the enemy cannot just step in and make you do something. And so what he does is come over to you and says, Hey man, isn't she fine? Your wife won't know. Just say hello. There's nothing wrong with saying hello. You're just being friendly. You're just there to fix the plumbing. You know, just, just tell her what... Just, you're a Christian. Be nice to her. Talk to her. The enemy, when, when you're surrendered to Christ, he can't make you do something. And so just like Adam and Eve, he suggests to you. And the moment you come into agreement with Satan, the moment you come into agreement with the enemy, now he's gained authority over your life. Because suggestion is the way the enemy works. He never commanded Eve to eat of the tree. He suggested. And many times when we fall, it's because the suggestions come in that you've entertained. And it comes in from your mind. Romans chapter 8. Randy, if you would help me out. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So let your sinful nature, so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Oh, come on, somebody. You, you got to catch what's going on here this, morning, this evening. When we yield our mind, we, who we yield our mind to determines how we live. Who is your mind connected to tonight? Who is your mind connected to? You see, James chapter 1 verse 8 puts it this way. James says that their loyalty is divided between God and man and the world, between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. A double-minded person, you can't count on them. You just you don't know whether they're coming or whether they're going. And, and wanting something's not enough. Wanting change is not enough. 
Wanting God is not enough. We all want God. We all love God. We all want God to do something. But the reality is wanting God's not enough. You have to love yourself enough to make a change. And the only way that happens is through the Word of God. Stop conforming to the world around you. Stop fitting in and start standing out. You were created to stand out. You were created to change atmospheres, not reflect them. You have to make a decision. You have to decide. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 16 says this. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? But we understand these things for we have, we have what? We have the mind of Christ. Our fallen man doesn't, but you have the the redeemed man has the mind of Christ. Paul's asking a question. Who can know the mind of Christ? You can. When you've been redeemed, you can know how God thinks. And when you come into agreement with God over your own life, there's going to be a change in your body, a change in your mind, a change in your family, a change in your community, a change in your finances, a change in your future. When you come into agreement with what God says, because God's plan has always been for mankind to have his mind. God didn't just want to put his breath into you. God wants to put his mind into you as well. He wants you to think like him. He wants you to act like him. He wants you to take dominion like him. That's why when you walk into a situation, there's chaos there. Something inside you is rising up, whether it's at work, on the street. Something rises up and you feel like you have to make a difference. You have to stand up and stop it or or make a change because you have the mind of Christ. You were created to think like God. I love what Bill Johnson says here as we close. I can't afford to have a thought about me in my head that God doesn't have in his head about me. If who you think you are doesn't match up with God, with what God thinks you are, you got to get that thought out of your mind. I'm never going to amount to anything. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I, I just don't measure up. Get that thought out. That's not what Jesus says about you. It's time to renew our minds. Everyone say renew. So how do we renew? I got to run through this. Deal with the fruit. Or deal with the root, not the fruit. We're always trying to change behavior instead of dealing with the root of the behavior. Deal with the root. Jesus cursed the fig tree and the fig tree died from the root up. Not from the fruit down. Deal with the root of your issues. Secondly, change your source. Get the information. Stop. If you're getting information from family and friends that are tearing you down, it's time to change your source of information. It's time to get into the word and find out what the word of God says about you. Thirdly, you got to fix your thoughts. Everyone say, fix my thoughts. The the Bible says, whatsoever things are, are, are... are, are pure, whatsoever things are, to, to focus on these things. I want you to see this. Memorize, visualize, then personalize. What I need to do is I need to memorize the Word of God. But it's not, not just knowing, memorizing the Word. Then I get, once I've memorized the Word, put it inside of me, then I begin to visualize. How does that look in my life? How does I am more than a conqueror look in my life? Picture yourself walking in victory. Picture yourself overcoming things. Visualize that scripture operating in your life. Every one of you, I want you right now just to understand that the word of God just doesn't want to, isn't something you hear. It's something that transforms you. 
So get that word, find a word and begin to memorize it. Put it in your heart, put it in your mind and then begin to visualize that word. How does that word look in picture? How does it look in my life? How does it become something tangible? And then I want you to personalize it. Take that scripture and transform it from um, from uh, something like uh, where it's talking about other people and put you, your name into it instead of them. I am the head and not the tail. I am a lender and not a borrower. I am blessed. I am. And begin to put you, make it personal. Don't just have a word that's out there. Take that word and make it your own and declare that that word belongs to you. Personalize that word. So memorize, visualize, and then personalize. As I was saying in Philippians 4, 8, it says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts. On whatever is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Stop worrying. Stop focusing on other things. Stop meditating on things that are tearing you down and stop thinking about the positive that God created you for. Joshua 1.8. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. And you shall meditate on it. Day and night. Come on somebody. Day and night. That means all the time. Right? Right? When the sun's up or when the sun's down, meditate. And that word meditate comes from the cow chewing the cud. They, they eat all the grass that they can. Then they go find a place and they lay down. Then they regurgitate a little bit of that grass and they rechew it. Then they swallow it. Then bring another part of the grass up, chew it and swallow it. They, they, they assimilate it all. And he says this, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. How how many want to be prosperous? And then you will have. You will have. What was that? That tells me there's a such thing as bad success. Good success. Success that you won't lose your family over. Success that will bless not just you, but those around you. Success that won't draw you away from God, but draw you closer to God. A success when I focus in on the word and I focus in on God, when I meditate him, not turn on the left or the right, then I know that God is with me. Stand to your feet right now. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash CWC Bay Area.